Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The voice of a changing world. Chris Smith on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. G'day, g'day. Welcome to the program. It is good to have your company. On this second month of the year, it's the first day of the second month already, can you believe it? Only 333 days to go before the end of the year. And for the record, for all of you wordsmiths, and I know there are a lot of wordsmiths who listen and watch this particular radio network, um, they're the ones that send me messages about my made-up words. Apparently, I've got my own vocabulary. At least I've got one. Um, And thank you very much for that. So all of you people who are very word-minded, you might know that on this day, 140 years ago, it was 1884, the first volume of the Oxford Dictionary was published. And the author, Sir James Murray, is probably rolling in his grave at the moment, considering how much we bastardise what appears in the Oxford Dictionary. But there you go. That's just for the record. In this edition, I will tell you some more outrageous examples of woke policing occurring in the heart of London. First, it was a no-no to fly the national flag because you don't want to upset those who are protesting on behalf of the Palestinians. We've seen those examples. Um, But now don't dare start singing Christian songs either. We've got some videotape that you should look at and see what the latest policing is all about in the heart of London. My special guest today is Joseph M. Siracusa, a professor in human security and international diplomacy and discipline, head of global studies in the School of Global Studies, Social Science and Planning at RMIT University, Australia. Uh, Today we'll hear what kind of belting Metaboss Mark Zuckerberg copped inside a Senate hearing and discussed why he's come under scrutiny. You heard some of what he copped in that last news bulletin. There was Josh Hawley and there was Ted Cruz and there were others. It was quite a belting. And i got to say, he kept his cool, Mark Zuckerberg. He was being pasted. It was quite powerful. Now, Joe has some strong views on a decision from the International Court of Justice, which came out overnight, which found in favour of Russia, and we'll talk about that. We've got to talk about the relentless fight and the uh, relentless terror tactics being applied by the Houthis in the Red Sea. They will not let up. Um, We'll talk about Disney losing to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis over the woke definition of free speech and a few other bits and pieces with Joe. From Down Under today, two very reliable libertarians will join us on the program. The leader of the party in New South Wales, John Ruddick, and independent federal MP, Russell Broadbent, will be discussing and focusing on the latest call in the halls of parliament in Canberra for a Royal Commission into the management of COVID-19. At least someone is not burying it under a load of uh, history books. The Greens' threat to the government over tax cuts, the outrageous link made between climate change and pregnancy. Someone's been snorting something rather delusional. And we'll show you what happens when a biological man is allowed to play 
in elite women's rugby. It becomes almost horrific. Plus, still on body clashes, the Australian Institute of Sport has proposed a major shake-up of local community sport in the country to prevent concussion and, of course, serious brain injury. It is a major topic in uh, community and, of course, elite sporting levels. I'll speak with someone from within the sector who thinks there are some sports exposing themselves to major litigation down the track. Some sports are very, very keen to get onto the latest protocols. Others are not so keen. And you can understand why. The more protocols are in place, the more opportunity there is to park an elite star on the bench for longer to protect uh, his brain, to protect his health. But, of course, that's not what uh, that's not what the money um, takers and the revenue makers within these sports want. They want these stars on the paddock. Uh, we've got all of that and uh, a general scan of what's happening in breaking news as well. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you today, as usual. You can have your say. You can get it off the chest. Uh, it's the best, most democratic, unedited way to have your say, too, in uh, media at the moment. You can call in from the United States or Canada on one 201 Call in from the UK, where it's just gone 4am, 033-0024-1026. Or from Australia and New Zealand, one 310 Let's get started, eh? This is Chris Smith broadcasting live on the Global News Talk Network. It's TNT. Conversations to inform and include. It's meant for everyday people to understand. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Now, yesterday on the show, if you were listening, you may have caught up with former Australian radio host Jim Ball, who got me into a discussion about cancel culture. And it's centred around a local council in Melbourne called the Yarra City Council, which didn't think it was worth replacing a vandalised statue of colonial navigator Captain James Cook, the first Anglo-Saxon to discover Australia, not worth putting him back on the podium. Now, Cook is, I guess, the Christopher Columbus of Australia, fair call. Um, But nowadays, history, of course, is being filtered by woke current standards, which was the point that Jim was making. And his ilk are vermin to the large swine of Marxists who dominate mainstream media. And Jim mentioned how UK police in several cases recently warned people in the vicinity of pro-Palestinian rallies to stop flying their Union Jacks or take their flags from the back of their vehicles, one taxi driver in particular. And that, to me, is a crime being committed by police, the crime of treason against your country. Well, I don't know who's training London police currently, but these unpatriotic warnings from police are continuing. And I want to play for you video footage captured in the middle of London in the iconic Oxford Street strip by a young gospel singer, Harmony London is her name, no doubt her stage name. And nowadays, if you're caught on the street singing Christian music in this Christian country, you attract the wrath of police. 
something you're allowed to do anywhere. No, miss, you're not allowed you are, to sing ch you are, church you are. songs outside of church grounds, by the way. You're not allowed to sing church songs outside, outside of church grounds. Church, uh, church you're not allowed grounds. to sing church songs. That's fine. You're not allowed. She just said you're not allowed to sing church songs outside of church. Our church of, outside of church grounds, unless you have a Unless That's you've been authorized no, no. by the church to do this kind of song. Yeah, he's not saying anything anymore, thank you. Are you saying that you don't care about the Human Rights Act? You're lost? Hmm. That is bizarre. You can't sing songs outside of church? What? Are they going to ban us from singing in the shower next? I will be in trouble. Why would this be so? I thought about this quite deeply when I saw that videotape last night. This stuff about only being allowed to sing on church grounds is a complete lie, of course. And then to have permission from your church is even a bigger walkie pie. Uh, when Harmony was singing in Oxford Street, um, she was entitled to do so. It's been ratified by council as an area for busking, entertainment, singing, you name it. So what's the big deal? Anyway, this is Harmony herself on GB News. I mean, it was it was quite humiliating. Um, I never expected to be treated like that, especially she said, I'm not allowed to sing church songs outside of church. It was just quite shocking for me. It's like something out of Beijing, seriously, in a curfew. Uh, now, let me surmise for a second. Just, just bear with me for a second. Let me mount an argument for you that this flag-hating, gospel music banning attitude has come from the work being done by police every single weekend at many of these weekly Palestinian rallies. And they're doing a great job, but all hands are on deck in London at the moment to handle these rallies. Each weekend, they've got about 150 of these pro-Palestinian rallies going on, and police are hell-bent on subduing the crowd and not allowing anyone else outside of the rally to rub them up the wrong way and cause a drama. So they're used to it each and every weekend since October 7. And as talk TV host Ian Collins pointed out recently, these are anti-Great Britain marches too. These are anti-Israel marches. They're anti-West, they're anti-USA, and they're anti-United Kingdom. It's always been... Certainly to me, a rather curious point. Why are we the bad guys and the Middle East hellholes are the good guys? Really? Quite why thousands of Westerners feel the need to support rogue states over Israel is a bit of a mystery. Even if you take Hamas out of the equation, you're still left with backward medieval dictatorships with human rights records that would make Kim Jong-un sit up and blush, where women are not equal, being gay is illegal, reading the wrong religious book will see you sentenced to death. Why would anyone support that over a civilised democracy? Now, he makes a very good point about primitive 15th century rules being applied in certain Islamic countries, especially the extremist countries. That's not a lie. That's not false. It's the truth. Anyway, are London police oversensitive and overdoing it? Are they falling over themselves to keep angry Palestinians calm and maybe even placated while removing the free and democratic rights of Brits to fly their national flag or even sing their Christian songs in the main street. I think that's exactly what's happening. And because police hierarchy have obviously created this monster, they had better begin to put it down. 
They need to know that what Harmony London is doing should be respected, not outlawed. I mean, I'm not busking. I'm sharing mm -hmm. the gospel. So um, when she came up to me and, you know, uh, you're busking, you're not allowed to, um, I'm sharing gospel, which is completely within my human rights. I'm not causing, I'm not approaching people. I'm not forcing anybody to listen. I just go out there. I sing. If people want to listen, believers, non-believers, they are welcome to. It's pathetic that she even has to explain what she's doing and why it's not hurting anyone. In a free and democratic community, can you believe that she shouldn't have to do that? Of all the agents of the government, police in particular need to not only uphold the law, but I think they must also uphold our freedoms, irrespective of who's angry in public domains or who's marching every weekend. You've got to understand the law, know the law, and encourage people to do what's in their rights, not just charge people or warn people when you think they're doing something wrong. Now, police responded to this case this week by stating, we're sorry for the offence caused and we will take the learning forward. Hate that corporate stuff, don't you? Uh, Britain is a Christian country, by the way, and the Union Jack should be the flag respected by all, certainly everyone who lives there. I would have thought everyone. And the heavy handedness by police needs to stop because it appears to me that mob mentality is slightly ruling London. And that is incredibly unfair to people like Harmony London. This is TNT. TNT's Pella Neuroth Taylor. We, we need to look, do a lot of deconstruction of these phrases and, and really think about what it means because what does far right mean? I, I'd say that far right means anything that you don't like. And um, it's just a label, a bit like the, the Chinese under Mao, their state press used to call uh, anyone who was an ideological opponent, capitalist pig dogs, whatever. And it was just meant to evoke a response. And it was a signal from the rulers to the rule that this is what you should think without actually having to think. It's, it's, it's a, meant to evoke a sort of Pavlovian reaction that you're a, these are bad guys. And uh, a moderate, in, in, in our lingo, I mean, let's say it's foreign coverage. The BBC will say the moderate blah, blah, blah party in the third world meaning, well, they're guys we approve of, and then the extremist is someone we don't approve of. Helen Neuroth-Taylor on today's News Talk TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk The human mind is like a computer. No matter how efficient it may be, its reliability is only as great as the information fed into it. That's a campaign promise! Tell us the truth! Tell us the truth. We mandate that the truth be told. You're hearing it. TNT. This is funny. I got an email this morning. I get a lot of emails overnight from people who digest the program, either live or they digest the program later on in podcast form, which is fine. And as you know, late last year, we exceeded the 10 million 
podcast downloads, which is just extraordinary. So this is a place going forward at a great rate of knots, and I would suggest you spread the word, but that's just an aside. And Lucy sent me an email, and I thought, I wonder what topic this is about. And Lucy says, my husband thinks you were on his bus this morning. <laughs> he wanted to say hello, but wasn't sure if it was you. Well, Lucy, I've just seen your location. It says you're from Willoughby, so you no doubt have a husband from Willoughby too, I suggest. That was exactly where I was this morning. I was on a bus escorting my children to school. We were for the first time together trying the bus to make sure they were comfortable. They're eight years of age. I want to make sure they can cross the three roads they have to, et cetera, et cetera, and get off the bus without being trampled on. That's exactly where I was. And you, Lucy, you tell him to say hello to me. I'll be on the same bus tomorrow, okay? Thank you very much. All the key world's big issues we tackle here. Don't you worry about that. I wanted to go to Glenn on the open line before we get to Joe Syracuse. Hi there, Glenn. There you go, mate. I'll make it quick. Good, thanks. Everything, everything that you just explained about England, we're heading down the same road in a runaway train. Yeah. I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew, heard about it, but on Monday and Tuesday night, Andrew Bolt had a couple from Melbourne. And the gentleman was going to be arrested with inciting a riot on Australia Day because he had Australian flags. How ridiculous. How totally ridiculous. Some people think they're far more important. I don't, I don't care what they do, what kind of enforcement sector they belong to. They obviously think that they're far too, more, they're, they're too important than what they really are. Well, that was, that was in Melbourne, but we've got the same problem. You were just saying about this crashing of our culture to to rally behind the Middle East culture. We've got exactly the same here in Australia, where we've got Muslim clerics calling for the murder of Jews, and our politicians and and police do nothing, absolutely nothing. Oh, yeah, hang on, hang on, Glenn. They do do something. Come on, you you don't. They they invite them to the Prime Minister's residence at Kirribilli, don't you know? Oh, that's right, mate. Well, see. Unfortunately, I remember my grandfather took up a gun to stop this anti-Semitic garbage, and I'll be damned if I will shame my grandfather by doing nothing. I'm getting sick of it. I'm fed up to the back teeth. And while you just got your two independent politicians in the New South Wales Parliament, you've got eight-year-old children going to school. Can you ask them what the hell they're going to do about these teachers for Palestine? Or is that yeah. just another thing that's going to be allowed to get go through to the keeper? Yeah, excellent point. There was a lot of rowdy reaction to it, but very little in the days afterwards. They like to do it within the media cycle, but all of a sudden they go quiet after that. It's a great question to ask the Premier in particular, Christopher Minns. Glenn, must go. Thank you very much for your input. Appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Good on you. Thank you. Yeah, it is a question we should keep asking, and I intend to do that. I'll put a, a question into the Premier's office today, the Premier of New South Wales, about what he intends to do about those pro-Palestinian teachers who got onto that phone call and were aiming to express to their children, even in the subject of mathematics, how they could best support Palestinians. I'm sorry, the classroom is not a political showpiece. It's not a place where you uh, brainwash for one side or the other, irrespective of whether you support Palestinians or not. It's wrong. And we'll keep them honest on all of that. Now, the International Court of Justice has rejected much of the case filed by Ukraine 
that accused Russia of funding separate separatist rebels in eastern Ukraine a decade ago. Now, this is important. They said only that Moscow had failed to investigate alleged breaches. My next guest will share his insights on this topic and more. Professor Joseph Siracusa is Dean of Global Futures in the Faculty of Humanities at Curtin University. He is a leading expert in American politics, foreign policy and international security. The professor has supervised to completion 40 PhDs and more than 150 masters and honours students regularly presents at international conferences. He joins us live from Perth in WA. Joseph Siracusa, welcome back to TNT. Good afternoon, Chris. Good to have you. In dismissing much of Ukraine's case, I saw a reporter uh, come from the scene and tell AP News, I think it was, that this is a major victory for Russia. Um, but they have made the point that one of the reasons why they found in favour of Russia is because Russia didn't actually examine um whether uh, there were alleged breaches or not. So a decision out of the International Court of Justice is what for who? Well, yeah, everybody has their own take on these kinds of things. Look, uh, the, the Russians got out of it. I mean, they, they had a bit of a victory because they don't owe anybody any money. Uh, the Ukrainians uh, went to this court in order to uh, uh, stack up for reparations. You know, most complaints in the world have money at the end of the sentence, but they never tell you that kind of thing. So, you know, they um, they say to the Russians, hey, they may have violated this or that. But keep in mind that the Ukrainians uh, uh, eliminated the, the teaching of Russian language and Russian la Russian language newspapers in their neck of the woods, too. So they're both guilty of it. And so um, at the end of the day, the court is really saying that Russia has no responsibility for the shooting down of that plane, that Malaysian Airlines jet. Yeah. And, um, you know, back in the day, Chris, I, I was on 60 Minutes and I, I said what happened to the first Malaysian jet that went down. I said it was probably uh, murder-suicide by the pilot. And then a couple months later, the ABC called me at five in the morning and said, can you talk about the Malaysian jet that was that just went down? And I said, well, God, they lost two jets in six months. It's a pretty stupid company, actually. So Malaysia decides to fly over uh, war-torn um, Ukraine to save a few bucks, and they lose all those lives. Well, look, at the end of the day, it's about uh, opprobrium, trying to paint the other guy blacker than the other. Look, at you know, the Russia is at war with Ukraine. Russia is on the verge of winning this war because Ukraine was never going to win it. And the United States is on the verge of not being able to supply Ukraine in the future because all future monies now are tied up with the border. So, yep. you know, everything's tied up in a knot. The Ukraine's going down the crapper and uh, America now is focused on something else. And that is uh, the wars in the Middle East. That's a good segue to the Middle East, to the Red Sea, in fact. And uh, Yemen's Yuthi militia have uh, stated it plans more attacks on the United States and on British warships. They won't give up these, Mob. Uh, in a statement on Wednesday, the group said all US and British warships participating in aggression against Yemen are targets. Where is this headed? They aren't stopping. Well, uh, Yemen has, uh, Yemeni leadership there, that is the Houthi leadership, seems to have lost touch with reality. I mean, if they want to pick a fight with, with the United Kingdom and, and the United States Air Force and navies, they're nuts. So, you know, they're saying what you have to say to, to for, for, for their own base. But to keep it, you know, when they when they have a protest rally, uh, a million Yemenis show up on the streets. So they got the, the backing of the people. But the Yemenis say things that pe appeal to their base, uh, but they don't appeal to the international community. So in a sense, um, you know, they are um, 
kind of like a suicide mission to pick a fight with two larger powers mm -hmm. when you don't have a navy, you don't have an air force. In fact, you ain't got nothing. And so what they're just 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 doing is they're just uh, they're just talking, and uh, this talking is going to get them in a lot of trouble. And, uh, and of course, in the days ahead, we're going to have even more trouble. Yeah, the days ahead, that was my next question. What are we expecting from the United States? I noticed that the arm of the Iranian rebel forces who uh, haven't taken responsibility for the attack in Jordan on US troops have basically backed off and said that we won't be doing anything more regarding US soldiers. Was that sort of some timid way of saying we did it, but don't hit us too hard um, because they're still going to be hit hard, aren't they? Well, look, um, back in the day, and you remember when Ronald Reagan said this in his evil empire speech, he said, our enemy reserves the right to lie and cheat at all times. These people lie and cheat at all. I don't believe a thing that comes out of the our Iranian press office or from the mullahs or, or the Revolutionary Guard. These guys are trouble and they've been making trouble. And what they've been doing is uh, sticking the uh, putting the stick in the bear's face for a number of years now. Mm. And the United States has. Um, has restrained from from hitting them very hard, but I think the figure this morning was uh, uh, Iran-backed militias have uh, attacked American bases in the Middle East 167 times since uh, September uh, October 7th, and we've only responded a couple times. Well, you know, the last time they drew blood, which of course was a long time coming. Mm. And I'll tell you what, Chris, what really got me about this story is that. Um, Americans found out not only did they lose three servicemen that day, but they found out that there were 3,000 U.S. servicemen in Jordan, in the Hashemite kingdom of, of Jordan. And, you know, I thought the war in, in the Middle East was kind of over. So we got all these folks there and, yeah. and the people killed were killed in their beds because some dummy decided to turn off a switch, not realizing that the incoming drone wasn't a returning American drone. So once again, we go back to stupidity, getting people killed. But, you know, two of the three people killed. One was a 46-year-old electrician. The other two were young women who, who, were, um, who used heavy equipment. They were experts in using it. They, made, they, they were road builders. So you got a, you know, a couple of young women from the reserve units. And, of course, during the Vietnam War, no one touched anybody in the reserve. You had to be drafted to get into the Army, et cetera. Today we go to the reserves because not enough people are, are, are enlisting. And you can't, and the draft is up on the shelf. So anyway, these two young kids are killed in their sleep, and they, they're 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 in this exposed outpost, um, building roads. You ask yourself, well, what the hell's going on there? So look, there's a lot of blame to go around, but at the end of the day, America's uh, policy of deterrence has failed to deter. No one seems to be afraid of Joe Biden in the Middle East, so they keep throwing rocks at the United States, and now he says he's going to. Uh, He's going to fight back. As you notice, his uh, press secretary, the National Security Council and others talk about these tiered response to mm. Iran. They keep telegraphing what they're going to do. Seems to me that if um, you're going to hit Iran or its proxies, just hit them with the kitchen sink. Don't tell them on television what to come, what's coming, where to go and how, how to uh, uh, how to prepare yourself for these things. So uh, Biden still has uh, failed to look presidential to me. And um you know, America will recover at the end of the day. But right now, uh, Joe Biden is getting us in more and more trouble, and we are headed for our next forever war. Yeah, you might be right there. I've got to take a quick break for news, Joe. Just stay right there. We want to talk further about China's involvement in the Middle East in the last 24 hours. And also, Mark Zuckerberg 
in a Senate hearing and didn't he cop it? Let's get to the newsroom on TNT. Now, TNT Radio News. Show them how it's done. Let's go. I, I got news for you. Yeah. News. Matt Boyland here with your TNT headlines. Mark Zuckerberg has apologised on national television to the families of children who have been harmed or sexually exploited on social media. Pakistan's former Prime Minister Imran Khan has been handed another lengthy jail term just a day after being jailed for a decade. And Russia and Ukraine have carried out their largest ever prisoner swap, each side releasing just under 200 captured soldiers. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio, free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk, this is TNT Radio. I've got the very worldly and colourful Joseph Syracuse with me on the program. Joe, China said on Tuesday that it supports Yemen's sovereignty, territorial integrity, and supports the legitimate government of the country and a resolution to the Yemen issue through political means. Um, why is China playing around at the edges in the Middle East here? Are they trying to uh, pick a side? Are they trying to pick a fight? Chris, um, China's trying to stay out of this thing. I mean, that message they give is a standard message all over the world, that they support the political and territorial integrity of every sovereign state. There are about 193 of them, uh, ex- with the ex- exception, of course, of Taiwan, because they don't regard that as a sovereign state. So what it is, is it's um, a chance to tell the world that um, we're watching you, but we don't want to get involved. You know, Chinese are very, very good poker players. You know, they haven't got suckered down, suckered anywhere or bogged down and any stupid war that has no resolution. I mean, the Chinese are playing this really cool, what they're saying to the Yemeni people or to the Houthis that we support the integrity of Yemen, but we're not touching this thing. And of course, China has a, a great stake in uh, keeping the Red Sea open and the rest of it. Uh, they should be part of some uh, coalition too. But the Chinese, um, they're, they're very smart to try to stay away from trouble because, you know, Chris, they can't win. The, no one's going to win this one. I mean, at the end of the day, we're going to have all these disruptions unless we, we beat the hooties to death. And uh, Chinese, they don't want to come in for the kill. They're saving themselves for something else. Yeah, let's not talk about something else until another day. Now, on Wednesday, Republican Senator Ted Cruz of Texas engaged in a rather heated discussion with Meta Chief Mark Zuckerberg. I think it was the eighth time that Zuckerberg has been called into the House. Um now, this was a, when he was asking about the promotion of child sex abuse images on Instagram. And look, I think we've all seen things on Instagram or things on Facebook that you know should not be there. But the whole process of trying to get these things taken down is almost impossible. And I highlighted only two weeks ago a site that is freely advertising every drug imaginable to people in Sydney. And, you know, you, you raise it with the police and they sort of look at you as like as if you've got three heads uh, and it's still there to this day. But anyway, here's part of the exchange with Zuckerberg. When people are searching for something that is problematic, it's often helpful to 
rather than just blocking it to help direct them towards something that um, that could be helpful for getting them to get help. In, in what I also, understand, get resources. In what sane universe is there a link for C results anyway? Well, because we might be wrong. We we try to trigger this this uh, warning, or we tried to um, when we. Th- think that there's any chance that the results Okay, you might, might be, be wrong. Let me ask you, how many times was this warning screen displayed? I don't know, but the... But the hey, you don't know. Why don't you know? I, I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. How many times did an Instagram user who got this warning that you're seeing images of child sexual abuse, how many times did that user click on see results anyway? I want to see that. Senator, I'm not sure if we stored that, but I'll personally look into this and we'll follow up after. Joe, Ted Cruz's point is well made in that Facebook tends to take people out of circulation, drop their accounts, cancel people for long periods of time on very minor matters. But when we have a serious matter, um, and it's not about free speech, not certainly not sexual uh, abuse of minors is not free speech. But when we get to those points, they dabble with it in a very, very soft way and don't take it out. And I, I just think that, uh, you know, they double-cross the users so badly and to put a, a frame up, which is what Ted Cruz was arguing, to say, oh, well, if you don't know it for sure, you can still watch it anyway. It's just a waste of time. But they've got to make sure that their responsibility to the using public is maintained, and that means they've got to take off sexual explicit material. That's right, and a lot of other things too, Chris. Look, the bottom line is uh, Facebook, Meta, whatever it's called, they're, they're all designed to make money for the stockholders, okay? Mm. And they don't care what happens. They don't give a damn. Zuckerberg, you know, along with the other childhood, uh, ch- children billionaires, they created these monsters, which are double-edged swords. So a lot of people use them for good things. A lot of people use them for bad things. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, questioning the guy who invented Smith & Weston or the Colt 60. Uh, you know, the cold mm. gun, you know, nothing's going to happen. But they, they, the problem is this. And Cruz can go on. And Lindsay said out, Senator Lindsay said later that he's got blood on his hands. And there was this kind of phony apology to the audience there. Nobody can sue these companies. They're free from lawsuits. OK, they're protected. For, they, no one can sue them for a penny. And there is no regulation. These yeah. are the largest organizations in the United States. No one can sue them. And they have no regulations, so they can do what the hell they want to do. They can drop and add people as much as they want. Uh, they can filter things as much as they want. There's a lot of crappy things that go on in that company. I don't trust them as far as I can throw them, as a matter of fact. But but Zuckerberg is just there to go through, uh, you know, his moment of hell there, his in his crocodile tears. I mean, I don't believe a word he's saying. But or, or, and why shouldn't he he be cocky? Because if you can't sue the company. And there is no damn regulation, state, federal, or local. Well, they don't have to do anything about it. Yes, they got a few fact checkers. As a professional historian, I got a beef to pick with fact checkers. <laughs> so someone can look up what really happened. But he, he doesn't care what the outcome is. And so he could stare down Cruz. And so uh, Congress is going to have to get off its butt and see what it can do about regulating these people. You know, once you hit a – you, when you go to the supermarket, you don't get – you don't get germs uh, that are staring at you, equally and chicken or, or beef or anything. They got rules and regulations. You got to do a minimum amount of things. 
when the Facebook people get up in the morning or the X people get up in the morning, they don't have to do a damn thing because they know at the end of the day, nobody can touch them. This is yeah. what, what gives them this particular swagger. And this is what really upsets me. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be, there's, okay, there's a fine line. It's understandable in ev to everyone that there's a fine line. But when it comes to criminality, get rid of it off these public platforms. Now, a federal judge on Wednesday dismissed Disney's free speech lawsuit against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Now, this is a setback for Walt Disney uh, in its ongoing battle with the governor. Uh, Disney has been very vocal in opposing the 2022 Don't Say Gay Law, uh, championed by DeSantis, which banned classroom lessons on sexual orientation and gender identity in early grades. So, so teaching kids gender identity surely can't be bundled into free speech. And this time the judge has got it right, has he not? I believe so. Well, look, uh, the, the, the Disney people uh, uh, assume the, the woke agenda for various reasons. All these big companies have uh, social departments and things like this. And uh, what the Senate decided to do was hit them where it hurts. And that is he was going to take away their exclusive rights a certain part of Florida where they could do their own thing. That is, uh, they could have their own uh, restrictions and building or development, et cetera. And so he took it. He, he took he took it over. And so the Disney people struck back by saying, "Look, this is just an indirect attack on us because we supported these social these uh, these woke agenda." And so um, uh, DeSantis is, is is a pretty good politician. He kicked them where it hurts mm -hmm. in the money side, and and the judge agreed with him as a matter of fact, saying that. Uh, they had no right to this special status. And of course, uh, other corporations will see that uh, uh, Mickey Mouse made a mistake here by coming out for the woke agenda. You know, you can you can sell Coca-Cola and you can sell Mickey Mouse, but you can't sell what's going on in the classroom. You know, you're really going to have to hold back a little bit, as a matter yeah. of fact. So yeah. this is kind of uh, an object lesson to everybody and a cautionary tale to corporations in the future. Yeah. This whole virtue signaling stroke... Um uh gender identity i'm sorry it is separate to free speech it is very separate to free speech and at least in this case the judge appreciated that mike has commented on this story on our chat line uh on tnt radio.live and he says we should boycott disney Jeez, there's a lot of boycotting going on at the moment i want to talk to you about the presidential election one month down 10 to go the illinois election board has voted unanimously as i reported in the program yesterday to keep Donald Trump on its primary ballot. It's now looking more like they're going to leave it up to the Supreme Court to decide for all jurisdictions. That's the way it should be, shouldn't it? Yeah, I, I think so. Look, I, I grew up in Illinois. I grew up in Chicago. And, um, you know, if Chicago says it's okay to be on the ballot, then you're on the ballot. Keep in mind, in the last 50 years, 38 of our aldermen have gone to jail and five of our governors. I mean, the place is as crooked as a fish hook. And if they can see their way to letting... Donald Trump stay on the ballot, and then that's okay with me because you know the states have no say here. And in a couple of days, the federal, the Supreme Court's going to rule, probably nine zero, that yeah. uh, the states have no right to interfere in these things. This is the last chance to derail the Donald before the election. And of course, um, you know, this eighty-three million dollar defamation suit that he lost would derail almost any human being I know, mm. except Donald Trump, mm. because uh, he's the man's unsinkable. And he's coming for everybody. And I'll tell you what, it isn't, isn't the end of American democracy. What it is, is is sort of American democracy at work. These people who say that we're at the end of the road, 
That's ridiculous. The American Constitution works. American institutions work. The trouble is, it's just not going in a certain direction. So when you know when when the uh, uh, the the virtue signaling people, that is when the uh, political elites and the unelected uh, bureaucrats in America are, are on the back foot, they don't like it. So they say that all kinds of things are happening. But their time's coming. It isn't going to be permanent. But Donald Trump's going to have his vengeance uh, on the second Tuesday in November. So on the second Tuesday in November, he annihilates Joe Biden, or will there be no but Joe Biden by then? Well, uh, uh, he's going to either beat Biden or anybody who replaces Biden. I think uh, America's in a mood right now to uh, return Donald Trump, if for nothing else, Chris, the entertainment value. The idea of return <laughs> Donald Trump to Washington is just too much to imagine. <laughs> they want to be entertained? Yes, by sure. The White not, House? I, I once asked a guy in, in, in Warsaw when I was in Europe, I said, what do you like about Donald Trump? He said he makes us laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and Donald Trump, of course, was 12 years of retali- uh, a reality host. He knew how to make people laugh. I mean, the guy is an entertainer. So was Zelensky. Zelensky was a Seinfeld, Seinfeld of, of uh, Ukraine when he became president there. You know, sometimes people just uh, decide to have a go and, and elect someone off a television screen as their president. You know, Trump, I don't know if he's worse than anybody else and who's actually a trained politician. But I think Americans are, are looking for a businessman in the White House. They get a little tired of the politicians who do the same things over and over again. That is, they, they attack the rich. Uh, uh, tax the rich to give to the poor and get us in one damn war after another for which there is no resolution. So, yeah, you know, very- Trump doesn't like wars and he likes prosperity. So they're going to I think they're going to give him a second chance. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and But I think that the predominant decision that Americans are considering is the fact that Biden is past it, that he's not like he was four years ago. He's worse mentally, physically. He's not up to standing for another four years and being the president of the United States. That's what I think people are looking at and turning away from. Oh, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. Look, uh, let's uh, set the cognitive thing aside. Uh, president Trump looks terrible. We can see him aging in office and the presidency. Chris ages everybody very, very badly. I think the Democratic National Party, by continuing to push uh, Trump for the national uh, uh, for the GOP, for the Democratic nomination, I think they're actually practicing elder abuse. I think it's abusive to keep that man in, in, in that particular yeah. place. You know, he's not only over it, he's past it. And and to to shuffle him around the world and give him words to read off a teleprompter, it, it, it starts to become quite unnerving, as a matter of fact. And yeah. um, I think he'll probably leave the scene before the election. But no matter what, I think Trump will win probably by about two states. Okay, we'll get a further update on your crystal ball, your presidential crystal ball, as we get through 2024. Great to have you on the program again, Joe. Thank you. Thank you you very much. Much appreciated. Professor Joseph Syracusa from West Australia and a man who's got some wonderful worldviews, especially uh, views about the political landscape in 2024 in the United States, which is as fascinating as it gets. And I wonder whether... That's part of the decision-making. Joe pointed out there where people were just waiting for a little bit of entertainment out of the White House, not someone who was bland, not someone who did all the same things as other politicians did, but someone with a bit of pizzazz, a bit of colour, a bit of presence. Um, Is that the reason why you would support Trump? Now, as a news collector and someone within this business, Trump gives us enormous amount of fodder. 
So even now, you know, every day I could talk at length about what Trump had said or what he's about to do or what predicament he's in legally, politically. I could talk about him forever. So he gives us so much to talk about. That, to me, is a plus as someone doing what I do. But other people, do they consider the fact that they're looking forward to Trump getting back into power and doing things that they think make sense? And is it about entertainment? Maybe it is. Give us a call. If you've got a view on that in uh, specifically, I'd love to know. Uh, from the United States and Canada, you can call on our talkback line on one 201 6425 from the UK. 033 I guess people from outside of the United States would see that and be prepared to support Trump more on that score than someone who's got a little bit more to lose because he's actually president of their country and uh, he's got to do things that are right and he's got to do things that are in order. Um, whereas if you're from Australia or New Zealand or the UK or Europe, you kind of look on. Um, without copying too much of the uh, ramifications of what he does. But if you want to have your say from Australia or New Zealand, you know the number, one 800 I'm going to play for you a little bit more from that Senate hearing featuring Mark Zuckerberg just after a quick break, and it features uh, former lawyer Republican Representative Josh Hawley, who really knows how to prosecute and persecute at the same time. We'll play that video for you shortly on TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. Last week, the media and the administration celebrated as the United Auto Workers Union president endorsed Joe Biden's re-election campaign. And this choice is clear. Joe Biden bet on the American worker while Donald Trump blamed the American worker. Let me just first say that President Biden is known as the most pro-union president in modern times, right? And this is not a title that he has given himself. Yeah. This is a title that other union union members and unions have given him. Mm -hmm. And that is because of the work that he's done. Ah, but Karine Jean-Pierre, there's a problem with all of this. On the same day that he made the endorsement, the president of the UAW said this. Look, let me be clear about this. <laughs> A great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. Uh, yes, some will. Uh, but that's the reality of this. Uh, the majority of our members are going to vote their paychecks. They're going to vote for an economy that works for them. Ha! I guess the media will say the United Auto Workers, they just don't know how good they have it. They're too dumb to realize it. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on TNT. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today.
If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. This is The Chris Smith Show on today's News Talk TNT Radio. The story coming out of the UK only about an hour ago is extremely concerning. Nine people, including two children and three police officers, have been injured after a suspected acid attack in London on Wednesday night. A woman and her two young children were the suspected victims of the attack as a man is believed to have thrown a corrosive substance over them on a road near Clapham Common. The suspect remains at large on Thursday morning. A witness reported that the mother screamed, my eyes, and police, after she was attacked with the substance. Police were called to the scene on Lesser Avenue at around 7.25pm Wednesday, alongside an ambulance service hazardous response team, and the woman and her children were taken to hospital. Three other adults were also taken to hospital, with injuries thought to have been suffered as they came to the aid of the woman and her children. Firefighters later said they had used specialist equipment to detect the substance used in the attack. Now, we've had similar attacks I know in Queensland in the last couple of years, and they have been the result of domestic violence um, incidents where the poor mothers have been murdered. And I guess if you're dealing with acid, you're either trying to maim someone for life or cause them permanent, uh, permanent problems. But anyway, that's just out of London. And uh, it's a very, very serious issue. Okay, back to Zuckerberg. Uh, the Meta CEO faced the music. He didn't. Uh, he didn't get carried away. He was riled. You could tell from his eyes, but his voice didn't give away how riled he was. Um, he apologised to the parents in the audience in this Senate hearing. It was a Senate online child safety hearing. And um, these parents are saying that Instagram contributed to their children's suicide or exploitation. And Zuckerberg said, I'm sorry for everything you've all gone through. Now, you can't hear that very well on the audio, but I'll play it for you anyway. And this is after Senator Josh Hawley, Republican, pressed him about whether he would apologise to the parents directly. It's terrible. No one should have to go through the things that your family has suffered. Let's play the audio. Have a listen to this. Senator, what I've said is I think it's important to look at the science. I know it's people widely talk about this as if that is something that's already been proven. And I think that the bulk of the scientific evidence does not support that. Well, really, let, let me just remind you of some of the science from your own company. Instagram studied the effect of your platform on teenagers. Let me just read you some quotes from the Wall Street Journal's report on this. Company researchers found that Instagram is harmful for a sizable percentage of teenagers, most notably teenage girls. Here's a quote from your own study. Quote, we make body image issues worse for one in three teen girls. Here's another quote. Teens blamed Instagram, this is your study, for increases in the rate of anxiety and depression. This reaction was unprompted and consistent across all groups. That's your study. Senator, we try to under understand the uh, the feedback and, and how people feel about the services, we can improve. Wait a minute, them. your, own, data, your are... own study says that you make life worse for one in three teenage girls. You increase no, Senator, anxiety and depression. Says. That's what it says. And you're here testifying to us in public that there's no link. You've been doing this for years. For that's... years, you've been coming in public and testifying under oath that there's absolutely no link. Your product is wonderful. The science is nascent, full speed ahead, while internally, you know full well your product is a disaster for teenagers. 
is good Josh Hawley, isn't he? He can prosecute very well. As I say, the audio uh, when he actually apologised was so hard to hear, but you may have uh, heard the words that he used when we played the audio in the news in the last bulletin. Um, it may be played again, I don't know, but you can hear it that way. But there he was saying sorry. Well, why wouldn't he say sorry to these people personally well before he turned up to the hearing? They don't care. He doesn't care. No one cares. And I believe that the likes of Facebook and, and X, et cetera, needs to, they need to be beacons of free speech. They absolutely do. But when it comes to criminality, when it comes to contempt of court, when it comes to defamation, that's off the table. That's not free speech. That's criminal. We have laws embedded in the Constitution about those issues. And if you allow you know, drug selling sites, if you allow child prostitution or the encouragement of child pornography on Facebook, which indirectly they do, they could take it off, but they don't. They give the benefit of the doubt to the vision that exists, as we discovered in this Senate hearing today. That's wrong. It's it's not free speech. It's got nothing to do with free speech. Now, I heard a little bit of a a promo for a previous program in that last ad break. And it, I picked up the fact that Biden was saying that his greatest um, weapon coming up in this election campaign has got to be the economy, Biden, Biden, Bionomics. And I just wonder whether Joe Biden has really done his homework here because I have a feeling he'll have nothing to crow about during the course of 2024, because inflation spiking back up, according to some economists. And so all of a sudden, when he gets on the campaign trail and talks about Bidenomics, he's got nothing to sell. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Even today, today from New York, uh, we got news that payments firm PayPal is planning to cut about 2,500 jobs or 9% of its global workforce this year with dozens of Australian jobs to go in the process as well. Now, so much for Bidenomics. If the economy was improving, you'd be putting people on. Well, you wouldn't be sacking them at the very least. The layoffs could be just the tip of the iceberg, we read in this story from Computer Daily News, for staff employed by the big US tech company. Uh, Microsoft, Alphabet and eBay and Salesforce have all begun the year laying off thousands of workers globally. Google is planning cuts across it, its advertising team after poor sales during the holiday season. We have not come back in 2024 with a headsaw. We haven't come back with a full sale of wind. Um, there's nothing like it. As a matter of fact, there seems to be a lot of culling going on. And I don't think that Joe Biden will be crowing about the economy because he'll be wrong on the campaign trail. Now, in the letter to staff, newly appointed PayPal CEO, Alex Chris, said the decision was made to right-size the company. Don't you love these corporate terms? Right-size the company. In other words, reshape the company or reduce the size of the company through both direct cuts and the elimination of open roles throughout the year. The staff that will be affected are expected to be notified by the end of the week. By the end of the week, imagine having to sit through, see this news yesterday and sit through the entire week unknowing whether you got a job or not. Uh, the company's low margin business products have risen strongly while growth in its branded products has slowed due to increased pressure from competitors such as Apple. 
So PayPal in some strife, but so are some of the major tech companies as well. PayPal aren't the only ones. Now, from Ukraine, I've got time to tell you about that. Russia and Ukraine have exchanged about 200 prisoners of war each, the country said Wednesday, despite tensions stemming from last week's crash of a military transport plane that Moscow claimed was carrying Ukrainian POWs and was shot down by Kiev's forces. Um, but uh, 195 POWs each have been exchanged. And let's just hope there's no drama associated with that particular exchange. I've got to get to a news break for you, and then we'll come back and plenty more to come. John Ruddick will be on the program. Looking forward to him and also Russell Broadbent, the independent federal MP. We've, uh, we've got a stack to talk about out of Canberra. I'll leave you with the news.